Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Pride Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and we're going to talk one of my favorite subjects, and that is food on today's show. And one of the iconic Arkansas food families, all I have to say is McClard, and you know we've got Philip McClard in. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. You're love, welcome. Love talking McClards, love talking food. Thank right. you. And uh, appreciate you being with us. So you are what generation now of the McClard family being involved in the restaurant business? I'm the third generation. Third generation, yes. Okay. Take us back to the first. I mean, I've written about the history. I know a lot of people know it, but a lot of listeners probably don't. So take us back to the first, how the iconic McClard's Barbecue got started from a tourist court in in Hot Springs. Yeah. Uh, In 1928, that's when my grandfather, Alec McClard, and Gladys, that's Mm -hmm. my grandmother, Grandpa used to work at a warehouse and. He used to barbecue a little bit for the guys, and some old man told him, said, Alec, you need to get into the barbecue business. So fast forward, I don't know how long, he opens a a tourist court on Albert Pike, had a little gas station, and had a little barbecue uh, place inside the gas station. Right. A few tables, not many, and that's in 1928. 1928, yeah. And, of course, Hot Springs was booming at the time, one mm-hmm. of the top health resorts in America yeah. at the time. So you literally had people coming there from all over the nation in, in yeah. 1928. And, and then Hot Springs always did good during the Depression, too, because of you know illegal gambling and, and all that kind of stuff. A lot of people still came to Hot Springs and spent a few bucks. Yeah. You know, even during the Depression, it held up pretty good. Yeah, so they had a restaurant associated with the tourist court? Yeah, it wasn't much. It was just a little small thing. Probably didn't have two or three tables in there. Yeah. And Grandpa did everything. You know, they they pumped gas. They rented out the cottages to people. Mm -hmm. And supposedly that's where the recipe for the barbecue sauce came from. Is from there was somebody renting a room there, and he couldn't pay his rent. (laughs) So he gave my grandfather and grandmother a recipe for some barbecue sauce. And that's where the barbecue sauce came from. It's now, from has, has that recipe, have you have you toyed with it through the years, or is it still pretty much the same it's as the original? Pretty, I think it's the same. Wow. I, mean, I, I would love to go back in time and ask Grandpa, okay, is this what I'm doing? Is this exactly what you did? I'd love to go back in time, but I can't, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but as far as I know, it's the same. My father did it, you know, after Grandpa, and then my brother did it some, and I did it now. I yeah. Do it now. So it, it really has not changed that much since no, then. it's pretty simple. But you keep it secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep it locked up. <laughs> now, my understanding was that the original barbecue was goat is that is that correct uh, that yeah. was huge back in the 20s and oh 30s. yeah I, I, you know my dad who grew up during the great depression in benton would talk about fourth of july they would always bury a goat and and, mm-hmm. and smoke it overnight yeah. for the fourth uh, in a sandbar on the saline river so i know yeah. i know goat was big back then yeah goat was uh, uh grandpa sold a lot of goat there was a guy 
didn't live too far from where Grandpa was and that he raised goats and he slaughtered goats and Grandpa would get the meat. And they did sell a lot of goat, lot some beef and pork. Uh, ribs back then weren't uh, like they are now. That Grandpa weren't, used to throw the ribs. They, he, Grandpa would throw the ribs out the back door and the dogs really? come grab them and take really? off. Yeah. You know, he, <laughs> You know, but as through the so they years, just wanted the chopped and the smoked meat at that point, yeah, not the ribs. Right. That, the the fact the warehouses didn't really know how to cut ribs back in those days. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to mm-hmm. process them. But now you've got all ribs is huge now. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, baby backs, spare ribs, St. Louis ribs. Yeah. So it's it's really evolved through the years. Uh, as a delicacy, I guess you'd say. Absolutely. Barbecue. Any idea when you finally gave up the goat? How, how long did that? Uh, how long did I, that live? I'm not real sure. You know, and Grandpa moved where we are now. We've been there since 1941. 41. Okay. Well, I knew all that's, of my life you'd been at the yeah, same location. The location. Yeah. And then I don't know if he sold goat there or not. I'm not really sure. He did breakfast. He did lunch. He did dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were open six days a week. And it, it goat just kind of faded away, I think. Right, you know? right. And and so at some point you gave it up. Now, of course, one of your standbys on your menu, again, for as long as I can remember, has been the tamale spread. How, how did tamales get into the mix <laughs> well, with barbecue? I asked my father that years ago. I said, when, when, and how, yeah, I asked, basically I asked my daddy the same question. Uh-huh. And Daddy said Grandpa came up to him one day. Uh, it, I'm just going to say it could have been the 40s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Not really sure of the date. And Grandpa told him that Daddy told Daddy that he was wanting to he's going to start doing tamales. And Daddy kind of laughed like, oh, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> and but then it 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 worked. Yeah. Because there was a guy in town in Hot Springs. There was a German man. That used to sell tamales on the street. He used uh-huh. to make them at his house. Okay. He'd take them out on yeah. the street. Which, again, was common around Arkansas, selling yeah. tamales he would on the sell street them. in those so days. So Grandma yeah. and Grandpa bought the recipe from him. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, his son was a baseball player, uh, played professional baseball. The last name starts with the R. Lon Warnicky? No. 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 <laughs> I'm thinking of old baseball players from Hot yeah. Springs. Of course, he was later oh. Garland County Judge, famous baseball player. Yeah. Oh, God. I That's can't. fine. Anyways. That's fine. So walk me through, because uh, I love them. Now, I'm I'm a big old boy, as you know, but I can only do a half spread. But walk me through a, walk me through a spread uh, from from start to finish, what you put on each level there. Okay. Well, the, the tamales are hand made hand roll you make them there at, yes. at mclard's okay i actually start the tamale process at about 3 30 in the morning what time do you come in two good gosh that's a.m yeah i understand <laughs> yeah. but uh as far as just starting the tamale process it starts about 3 30 every morning you know you put the meat in buckets put water in them put meat on the stove you boil it and then you separate the meat from the broth and then you add spices to the meat spices to the broth then you let it sit for a while and then you, you dump the corn oh you put cornmeal in the broth mm-hmm. and then you set that to the side but make a long story short is that you know from the time let's say from 3 30 in the morning till about 1 30 in the afternoon 
usually the last tamales being tied. And we do okay. We do anywhere from three hundred and fifty to four hundred and fifty tamales a day. Wow. Wow. You know, and we freeze some because they freeze really good. Right. Right. Uh, but that's what we do every day. All right. We've been doing it for years. All right. Now you're. I come in and I order my okay. half spread. Now, right. now tell me the tamales go first. Yeah. Explain you put, how you how you fix the plate. Then. You, you set the plate down. Get your tamales on the plate. Okay. And then you put uh, chips on it. You put beans. The chips are Fritos, right? Fritos. Okay. Corn Fritos chips. on it. Yeah. Corn chips. And then uh-huh. you got chopped beef. You put on there. You put sauce. You put onions, you put cheese if you want jalapenos. Mm-hmm. You can put jalapenos on it, whatever you want on it. Yeah, yeah. And there you go. Wow, that, I love it. My you brother get... invented that. Oh, really? I was going to ask you. Uh, okay, so he had, so they were just selling before that regular tamales. Yeah, just he, tamales. He with came beans. up with the idea of the spread. Yeah, well, yeah. We had a dishwasher that used to drink a little beer, you know, <laughs> and he came in one day and told my brother. He said, you know. Joe, man, I had too much beer less. I need something to kind of coat my stomach. <laughs> you know, he had a hangover. Morning after, morning yeah, after meal. Yeah, he had a hangover. Yeah. And so that's when Joe and the dishwasher started experimenting. Well, Joe said, well, here, let's put some corn chips on here and put some meat on it. And then we put sauce. Then we put – it evolved after yeah. a little while, after a and few months. cheese came in and onions yeah. came in. And, yeah. And, Billy would go out and sit at the counter and eat it. And then a customer would walk by and say, what are you eating? He said, well, Joe fixed me this. And the customer would run back here and tell Joe, say, man, fix me one of them. Yeah. And and then next thing you know, it's on the menu. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> and we sell like a million a year, it seems like. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I You know, I have the hardest time whether to go with ribs and fries or, or a uh, or a half spread, and I still got to have your fries with it. Well, so. if you're with somebody, you just split all that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Usually, a lot of times I'm stopping in by myself, though. That's the go. problem, and uh, maybe can take some home uh, to my wife because yeah, they actually, my wife likes the tamale spread cold. She likes to put she it really? in the refrigerator and let it cool down for a few hours before she eats it. Yeah, so yeah. she likes it cold. Absolutely. So, what? What is your biggest selling item on the on the menu? Probably the 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 beef and the ribs. Beef and ribs, yeah, uh-huh. and then pork. Okay, yeah. So you and sell French fries too? Yeah, we sell. Oh, I was talking about me and the French fries. Talk, oh my god! Talk, talk about how your French fries are again fresh cut. Talk about yeah. coming in in the middle of the night, not not frozen uh, fries. No, not, they're not frozen. Yeah, you just we wash the potatoes, you know. And then you slice them, you pre-fry them for a while, or blanch them, as some people call it. You blanch them, let them sit for a while, and then you grab the pans as you need them during the day and, and finish frying them all the way through. So that's basically what that is. A lot, a lot of places do that. Yeah. You know, a lot of places got away from that, then went to frozen through the years. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of places have gone back to. The, the fresh, fresh cut, cut fries, yeah. I yeah. noticed through the years. Which again, even even with my half spread, I've got to have the fries on the side if I'm <laughs> going to be at McClard's because, again, it's harder and harder to find uh, fresh cut fries. Although, as you said, some are coming back to that. Yeah. So, you get in at two a.m. Kind of walk me through your routine. Unlike <laughs> I do this first. Walk, walk me through what you're yeah, doing. Every well, morning. I kind of check everything, make sure everything is. Uh, Put up right. Make sure they Working. didn't leave anything yeah. on. I check the total from the day before. I clock in, mm-hmm. and then I usually uh, 
look at what I need to do. I'd need to do so many pans of beans and then look, see how much slaw we need for the day, you know, judge it from the day before most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then I usually have a cup of coffee and some ice cream. <laughs> ice cream at 2 a.m., okay. Yeah. I sit there and think about, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and then I then I go down and I, I wash the beans because so, our beans are made from scratch, too. Uh-huh. Everything we everything we do down there basically is, is made from scratch. The yeah. beans are you know great northern beans are dry and you wash them and you put them in pots you put them on the stove then you add water to them and cook them uh, and then uh, you make the sauces next the sauce is what i do next make it from scratch everything's made from scratch again and uh, and then i, I make the bean mix that be, the mix that goes into the beans after they're done and then i start by 3 30 i'm starting on the tamales there okay you know. okay about three thirty, you start on yeah. them, and then uh, take me on after that. Yeah. After that, you, what's you got next. everything on but, the stove cooking. All right, so the sun's the coming stove. up now, five yeah. or six. Where where are you then? Well, Everything's I get my beef and pork out, and I trim it up. I trim what I need for the day, or I think I'm going to need at least to get it started for yeah, the day. Get it started, and then the trimmings that I don't use. Now that's what goes into the tamales. Okay, you know. okay. So that's what you got to have your trimmings for the tamales. To make the tamales. That's what Grandpa, I think, was wanting to do because he yeah. had a lot of trimmings that he probably had to throw away. Mm-hmm. And Grandpa's thinking, like, this meat isn't that bad, but you don't want to serve your customer that yeah. meat. as a sliced meat. And that's what Grandpa wanted to do was use utilize the trimmings. And and, and I think most tamales it, are, are made from, from that kind of, meat you know yeah now what time do your line cooks start coming in oh, to help you well out? actually yeah. i got a guy that actually meets me there at two o'clock oh now, wow he, he don't yeah. start till four yeah but he'll but he be just up there hangs but around gotcha his good name's johnny good not alone he, yeah. he stays and he clocks in at four and then i have uh two more uh guys that come in at 5 a.m come in at five wow yeah. then i got a girl that comes in at uh she comes in at eight yeah and helps do some stuff with yeah us. All right, let's talk about the actual smoking process then. Uh, you know, what what do you use uh, as far as your smokers? When When is, you know, how many hours is the meat smoked? What time of day is that done? And all yeah, that? okay, so uh, the guys, they go down and build the fire in our pits. They're just old-school brick oven pits. Right. They're old-school. There's, there's no gas. There's no electricity. It's done. Oh, it's fascinating. It's, it's done. The you hard remember way. I came over with Channel Seven a few yeah. years ago and did yeah. a piece with you walking it, through all of there's that. There's nothing yeah. easy about it. Yeah, they build the fire, get it going, then I figure out how much meat we need to put on, mm-hmm. and we go out to the cooler and get the meat and bring it in, and then we put it on, and then you've got to keep the fire going all day. Yeah. So the fire's burning by what five a.m. or so? Oh or? no, it's it's usually about they put the. They start to fire around six. We put around the meat six, on okay. at, at six thirty. At six thirty, okay. A.M. and then it, it let's say six thirty that night, you're probably taking the last piece of beef off or something like that for the next day. Yeah. Then. Okay. So yeah. So you you keep the fire going all day. Got to keep day. the fire okay. going. We get wood from these guys. We use strictly hickory wood. We, we get wood from uh, Leon and Bill. So you have just one supplier yeah. for your hickory? Boy, you mm-hmm. must buy a lot of hickory. Yeah, you? we do. We go through a lot, and they've been supplying us hickory. We had people before them, but uh-huh. Leon and Bill's been doing it for, oh, God, at least 30 years. Wow. 
That's great. You know, and and uh, then you got to keep the wood on the pit. You got to you got to regulate it the heat yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a little temperature gauge in the pits. But yeah, they're not really accurate. Accurate. Okay. But you just got to eye it yeah and 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 you can tell when it's getting too hot and then you cool it and if it's not hot enough then you gotta throw a little so it's checking on the pits one of the things you do personally too oh yeah you checking on the pits all day oh as long as i'm there and then uh another crew comes in at at 11 yeah another crew and then they finish up with i got a boy getting there at two what time do you call it a day generally uh normally i'm supposed to call it a day at 11 but most (laughs) of the time i'm Get out of there about noon. Oh, really? You're there about almost to lunchtime then. Yeah. 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 Wow. That is a that is a long work day. Mm-hmm. What what time do you go to bed? I have to ask. I actually go to bed at four thirty in wow. the afternoon. Wow. And my wife, but now she don't get up that early, so uh-huh. she goes to bed with me. And we watch uh, at four thirty. We watch Jeopardy. Then we watch uh-huh. the news. Watch the five o'clock news. You know. Uh-huh. And then sometimes if I'm still awake. Watch, watch the network the news at five thirty. Yeah, yeah, five thirty. But most of the time, I'm usually asleep. Sleep by five thirty. Wow. And you've been in this routine, fellow, for how many years now? Well, I've been doing this morning shift for about, I think, fifteen years. Fifteen. Okay. I've been in. I've been working there since nineteen sixty-seven. I think that's fifty-five years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So coming up fifty-six. You know, my yeah. dead. And my mother had the morning shift for years and years. Okay, and years. so they did the mornings, and you would do yeah. afternoons yeah. back then and evenings. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I did the afternoon, the evening shift from eleven to eight uh, for forty-three years. Oh wow! So wow. They uh, finally retired. My parents did, and my brother and my sister-in-law took it over. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he got ill and couldn't do it anymore. So then me and my wife took over the morning shift. Yeah, you know. Wow. Wow, <laughs> quite a routine. So, yeah, it was a big family, you know. And, and I was going to say a family business. So even before you worked full time, you obviously would have grown up even as a child, spending a lot of time at the restaurant. Oh, I yeah. would think, yeah. Shoot, yeah. yeah, doing whatever needed to be done. I yeah, guess I, you know, back when I think I was fifteen, sixteen, I I worked there on the weekends. Uh huh. You know, just get a little little A and W money or drive in movie theater money. Yeah, <laughs> back in the day. Uh, go to the movie money. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> but then in 67, I graduated high school. I joined the Air National Guard. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I, you know, went away from my training for a right. few months and then came back, back home. And then the unit was out there in Hot Springs at the airport, uh, my guard unit was. But then you just go back to your normal uh, daily job if you're in the guard. Exactly. And, and, exactly. So, did you grow up? Were you near the restaurant? Oh, were you yeah. in that neighborhood then? Yeah. Okay. Just a few blocks down the road. You know, ride your bicycle up there, get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. I, you know, it's a small world. I, I grew up going to McClard's always because we would go over to visit uh, very close family friends. Uh, my dad's college roommate in the 40s at Washtaw was Buddy Harris, Cliff and Tommy Harris's dad, yes. you know, the famous Dallas Cowboy. And we'd yes. go visit the Harris's, and we would walk to the restaurant. They, yeah. they lived walking I distance from the restaurant. I think they lived the down there on Main too. Street. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. uh, you know where I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's when I first started as a kid, mm-hmm. walking up with the Harris's and uh, fell in love with the place. And yeah, I think Cliff was a year or two older than me. He was. He he uh, His freshman season – 
at Washita would have been 66, so he would have graduated. You know, he spent his last year at Deshark. His dad was transferred, but he was in Hot Springs through his junior year. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he would would have been just ahead of you mm. uh, in, in and, and school. And Cliff's always been a really, really good customer. I'm going to say still comes in, I'm sure, because yeah, he's got a place over at Mountain Harbor, he's I know, on the lake. Yeah. Cliff is a great guy. In fact, when I was a kid, we used to play football in the churchyard over there. Uh-huh. near where he lived and I lived, you know, as kids. I didn't play football. Yeah. Then Cliff yeah. would come over. I remember Cliff came over one time and played football with us, all his kids. So I always tell people, say, yeah, I played football with Cliff Harris. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I was lucky enough two years ago to get to go to Canton to see him inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. But uh, he's your biggest fan. I can tell yeah. you, you ask him what the best restaurant in the world is, and he's been to a lot of them mm. around the world, and he'll tell you McClard's right there in, in, in Hot Springs. And it, and it seems to me that people more and more are wanting – you know, that which is, for lack of a better word, that which is real. That's mm-hmm. what's been around a long time, has a tradition. And so I, I know you get a lot of first-timers mm-hmm. still coming in because of because of word of mouth about mm-hmm. the restaurant. Yeah, we got a lot. Uh, and Bill Clinton, you know, we he had us in that book of his. Oh, absolutely. And we used to get, when he was president, we got a lot of business from that book, because yeah. they would come to Hot Springs. They want to see where Bill lived. They want to come there and eat, eat where and he other ate. places yeah. that he uh-huh. ate in Hot Springs. They said, well, what table did he sit at when him and Hillary, they came in during their honeymoon, mm-hmm. Bill and Hillary did. And uh, we say, okay, it was this table right here. You do the table, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So some of them would ask to sit at that table, yeah, then, that, I guess. It was yeah. a big deal. I mean, like they just like just ate that stuff up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> People a- did. Absolutely. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras, all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I have to talk about because, uh, you know, the pandemic, because it was such a blow to restaurants, Mm -hmm. uh, people not coming in anymore. Talk a little bit about how the how the pandemic affected you and then uh, the the sale of the restaurant Mm -hmm. and so forth uh, that we experienced in recent years. Yeah, through the years, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd lost my brother. 
uh, mom and daddy retired. Uh, Uncle Fred and Nate Mutt, daddy's brother, and Nate Mutt, uh, they retired back in the 70s. And my brother-in-law and sister worked there also. After my uncle retired, my brother-in-law and sister came into the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Thomason and Brenda Thomason. And so uh, it's always been quite a few family members. At one time, I think there was, I don't know, let's say 10 family members working there all together when we right. were all there. Right. And uh, that's the way it was for years. And those were during the good days back before credit cards and oh you know, I, I thought uh, the world had come to an end when you started accepting credit cards uh, a few we, years we ago held, I we held off as long I as know we could. I always knew McLaurin's was cash only you better I bring know, your cash in there yeah and back then you didn't have as many restaurants in town right and the competition wasn't as much you did have some of course but uh you know things were really hopping back in those days really good mm-hmm. and um then, like like I said, my mother and father retired, and then you know Joe got sick and couldn't work anymore, so they had to quit. And my brother-in-law and sister were wanting to get out of it, and then the COVID hit, you know. And so it was me and my wife Linda and my nephew Scott mm-hmm. Lord. We were the only three one three left down there. Right. Uh, and Family John, members. And John. Yeah. Okay. Thomas and my yep. brother-in-law. Yeah. We were the only ones left in the business. The, the family had started to, you know, go down mm-hmm. in the business, and then uh, I think we were had almost decided to just basically we were just going to shut it down after the COVID hit. It was just like a straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, we decided. Well, Scott, really, Scott actually called me on the phone, and I said, "That's unacceptable. We yeah. can't lose McLarge." Yeah, so. and we yeah. we were going to just. Uh, just sell the property, I guess, and just mm-hmm. I don't know what you know. And then Mr. Beasley came along, Lee Beasley, and, uh-huh, and who already us, was in the restaurant business yeah. in Hot Springs. Yeah. He offered us a deal, and it was a fair, good, fair deal. And he wanted to know who, if any of us wanted to stay. And at first, I said, "Yeah, I'll stay and train somebody, and then move on." And then, and and Scott said he was going to stay. Mm-hmm. And my wife wanted out, so she quit. And my brother-in-law, they they he quit. Mm-hmm. So after I worked, they kept saying, Mr. Beasley and, and Dean Jennings kept saying, if you want to, uh, you know, stay, you can, Philip. And I said, well, no, I'll, I'll train somebody, you know, mm-hmm. not thinking real good at the time. And after a couple of weeks, I finally told Dean and Mr. Beasley, I said, you know what? What am I going to do if I get out <laughs> exactly. of here? Exactly. I'd be bored to death. You well, said, no, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I still want to work. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how to do anything else. Right. I've been doing this since I was 17. Yeah, I yeah. said, I told my wife, I said, you know, it's scary thinking you're going to leave something you've been doing for mm-hmm. so many years and, and you're going to go out and start over doing something else. And yeah. So I told them, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. And so they were happy. Yeah, and so. absolutely. Hey, we're all happy that, uh, <laughs> that you're there. still at it. Now, I know one of the things uh, that Mr. Beasley has done is uh, looking at using that name, looking at using those great recipes, uh, a Little Rock location, a mm. Malvern location that have, have just opened have, mm-hmm. have you been involved in showing them this is the right way to do things oh, yeah. this is the yeah. in fact way. i was over at the malvern store yesterday they needed some beef and pork oh were you okay so i took some over there are yesterday. they off to a good start 
Yeah, yeah, they're doing good. 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 And then Malvern Store is doing good. So, Uh you know, that's something that we never got into. Right. I remember people used to ask me years ago, I said, Philip, when are you going to expand? I said, you know what? If I did anything, I'd go smaller. <laughs> you know? Too much work. And they'd look yeah. at me like, what? I go, yeah. well, that's just the way I'm thinking, you know. But uh, Mr. Beasley, he wants to go bigger, and that's that's great. You know, mm-hmm. I'm with him. I'm with him for that. Yeah, and the other other stores are doing things the way that you do them there in Hot Springs. Yes. Then, right, To Correct. maintain the consistency mm-hmm. and the name and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I hope I hope you're not thinking about quitting anymore. I hope you're not slowing down anytime oh, soon, fellas. Well, I'm getting old. I'm 73. <laughs> uh, wow. And I'm working like a 33-year-old. Yeah, but I that, think that's it, great. It actually keeps me – I gripe sometimes, and, 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 and you could ask my wife. I mean, I come home, I'm so dang tired. I'm wore out. And, uh, but then it, it actually keeps me healthy because mm-hmm. I, I do a pretty physical work. Oh, absolutely. It, it, absolutely you do. I've lifting, watched you. Yeah. A lot, lot of lifting. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, you know. Carrying wood, whatnot. Yes, yeah, lifting food. You know, yeah. And I see people my age that have some of them passed on and mm-hmm. some of them not in great health. And then I have a lot of people my age tell me that say, They'll say, don't quit, Philip. Whatever you do, don't quit. Just exactly. say, keep doing it because if you do, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, any looking down the line, any other family members uh, wanting to stay involved? Uh, no, no, I not don't. Not really. Yeah. No, I don't see it at all. Yeah. I think I'm the last of the, I'm the last. Grandpa was the first male McClara down there. I've been telling people, I said, it looks like I'm the last. Mel McClard that the, that's going to be. And uh-huh. I'm the last one. Grandpa was first. I'm the last. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad to follow in his footsteps. A- absolutely. Well, thank thank goodness the the name's living on. If anything else, it, it's expanding. Uh, we're about out of time, but I, let's say, and of course, as I mentioned, I've been going there all my life. But uh, let's say I'm a I'm a first timer at McClard's. It, it's my first time. Maybe there are two or three of us, and we could share. So, what 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 should we order as first timers? I would say get a like a, you know, we've got uh, we've got loaded fries if that's what you want. That's something new that we didn't have on the menu back when we had it. We got loaded fries. You know that you know, a lot of people can share that, or y'all can mm-hmm. you can share a tamale spread. That's true. You know, and then get some ribs. And then mm-hmm. some coleslaw and some French fries because you got coleslaw is pretty sweet, and then you got the spicy on the tamale spread and yeah. the sauce. So the little sweet and spicy is always that, that always goes good together. Yeah, no matter what you eat, and uh, and then hey, get you a cold beer or a glass of sweet tea. You know you're all right. Yeah, absolutely. No thought of adding any goat back to the menu, though. I, huh? You know, I did that one time. One time. <laughs> oh, did you really? There was, there was a guy in town that that actually raised goats and 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 butchered them, and I and so you smoked some. some? Uh-huh. I smoked some, and and I just did it. Just to, I just wanted to do it. Uh huh. And but it was actually pretty good. I, I like it. You know, goat I, I like meat it. is a yeah. sweet meat. It's got a lot uh-huh. of bones. You got to watch out right. for the bones. It's really bony, right. but it's a sweet meat. Yeah. And it actually was. I really liked it. Yeah. Well, so I see. I see why people ate it back in those days. Yeah, yeah, you ought to consider that. Yeah. It's a heritage item. Yeah, I know it back it. to the menu. I know it. Yeah, Philip McClard, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. All right, Rex. Now I'm hungry.
I, I'm getting kind of hungry too. Man. Well, it's almost your bedtime. <laughs> I know. I'll <laughs> let you go. All right. Thanks to Philip McClard of the legendary McClard's Barbecue in Hot Springs. You've been listening to the Southern Fried Podcast. I'm Rex Nelson. We'll see you the next time around. This is a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. <laughs>